at a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, July 19, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today to help you become a better investor. That's my goal, anyways. I can do that by giving you some data and my perspective, developed from almost about 50 years of experience in investing in stocks. So it's good to me and working for insurance companies and in their money management departments and those kinds of things. So I have some experience that I could help share with you. And that would help you become a better, better investor. That's a hope anyway. So with that said, on today's podcast, I'm going to blend those comments that I have on different things with what you, the listener, provide in the way of questions and topic selection. You get to drive the show. You know, you're the vital part of the show. You make it interesting. So make it interesting with your questions. You, you, Many people ask about stocks, and that's fine. But maybe you have some other question about investing. Maybe about a 401k or a 457 program or about real estate. Anything. We'll talk about anything financial. Okay, so time for you to call. The number never changes. It's always open. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So I'm live. 888-99-CHART is the number. 888-992-4278. My focus point today looks at the story behind should large blend funds outweigh value plus growth funds in your portfolio? So there's growth, value, and blend. What's, what, what Should you have more blend? Blend is a combination of both the value and growth, large cap, mid cap, small cap. Capitalization, talking about large companies, small companies, mid cap companies. So we're going to talk about that today. And time permitting, I also will discuss some topics I picked up that I'd like to also, that I picked up that, I, that early this morning, actually, that I'd like to share. Ford is slashing prices on its electric pickup. That's going to really hurt the bottom line in the short term. The economy is pretty good. Inflation is coming down pretty sharply. Jobs are pretty plentiful. Pretty good situation, isn't it? So I want to talk about how that feels and what what does it mean for the market. And where do the rich keep their money? Where do they keep their money? Do they invest in the stock market? They buy buildings. They, uh, they, uh, you know, have houses. They buy art. Where do they keep their money? Where do they invest their money? Where do they keep it? And they'll, of course, keep all those things I just mentioned. But where do they keep a big, giant portion of it and the largest portion of their money? We're talking about wealthy, wealthy people, not just you know 
people that have a million dollars. I'm talking about people that have $10 million, $100 million. What do they do? So those are things I'm going to talk about. But again, remember, you drive the show where you want to go. So where do you want to go? We have lots of voice bank questions to go through. One, we have a question on portfolio management. We have a question on Hercules Capital Inc. on New York Stock Exchange. So we got pretty much a full hour planned. But again, where do you want to talk about it? you got to call, ask your questions. I'm looking forward to it. 888-99-CHART. It makes the day go faster for me. It makes it more interesting for me with your questions. So I really, really would like to have them. So what did the market do today? The market was up. It was up bigger in morning. It still ended up, broadly speaking, the Dow is up 109. Uh, NASDAQ up 11, which is not much. And the S&P up 4, which is not much. But it's had a pretty good July. I mean, it's done better than I expected, that's for sure. So far, the summer months have done better than average, better than normal. Usually, summer months are not the best months for the market. I mean, that, by far, they're not the best months. That doesn't mean they can't be up. They are, they are often up, but they're not up very much, usually, compared to the other Months, the last three months and the first, the last quarter and the first quarter of the year. That's the best six months. And it statistically, it's significant. They are always, seems like they're always the best. Maybe not this year, though. Maybe not. Let's go to Will in San Diego. He wants to talk about NTR, the simple NTR. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. Yeah, I uh, own a few shares of this, and I'm wondering if I should hang on to it or or get rid of it. Well, you had a good week this week on NTR. There's Nutrin uh, Manufactures Fertilizers, Related Industrial and Feed Products in the United States, Canada, and Trinidad. Uh, they're going to make, uh, they, in 2022, they made $13.19. That's their best year ever for them. By Almost double their second best year. Uh, this year, they're going to only make $6. Next year, they're only going to make $5.72. And sales in the most recent quarter fell 20%. So they're having some issues that put some, put some downward pressure on this darn stock. They do pay a 3.3% dividend. Uh, I do like where they are, but I don't like the numbers that they're producing. So something's not right here. They don't yeah, have a lot of debt. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but some, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, I think something's not right with the numbers. They shouldn't be that far. I mean, they're, they're down fifty over fifty percent in their earnings when year to year. That's bad. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'd probably move on to something better. Really, um, and I like yeah, the space. That's, yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Time to move on. Yeah, but I I would give it the. That's you know it's done very very well the last couple of days maybe the I don't was it earnings I think I would sell it during this little run um, but I might give it another couple of days to see if uh, see if it continues but any weakness I'd get out I just go ahead and get out and move on to something else yeah thanks okay. for the call Will appreciate it thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're heading to a quick break, everybody, and I welcome your financial investment questions. You can call right now. We're live. 888-99-CHART.
When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap because there's a lot of regulatory risk. And Steve Peasley. I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Food, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24 7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99 Chart. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers, so don't forget to call Invest Talk 888 99 Chart. Hello, Justin and Steve. Uh, this is Mike from Detroit calling. Uh, calling in regard to the telecommunications sector, I think uh, Verizon and T Mobile took big hits today. I think they found some lead in their phone cable lines. I just wanted to know if this was a good area that you think maybe is, uh, we would be able to pick some up. I think it's a new five-year low for Verizon, at least. So wondering if you thought this was a good time to pick some Verizon stock up or what you thought was a uh, buying opportunity, if not a good price to pick it up at. Appreciate the show. Thanks for everything you do. Thank you. I actually do. I really do, even though the stock has been weak for a couple of years. But... They pay a 7.7% dividend. Okay, they're going to make $4.66 this year. They made $5.18 last year. So the earnings are going to go down 10%. Next year is $4.64, down one more percent. However, the dividend yield is 7.7%. And the PE is at 6, and the five-year range for the PE is 6 to 14. So it's, it's very low. Turner Equity is very good at 25%. The cash flow, remember I told you they earn $4 and they're going to earn $4.64 next year? Their cash flow is $9.06 a share. It's hard for me to not recommend buying this as a dividend earner in your portfolio. You're not going to get a huge growth. You're not. Either in, in either in none of the big telephone stock companies. You're just not. But if you're looking for a huge dividend that's pretty darn solid, it's probably not going to cut and only go up, then, yeah, this is where you want to be a buyer of this. I mean, you could wait till it rallies, but then you're going to miss the capital appreciation. Because I, I think an easily rally into the upper 30s, that's at $33.97 now. Getting, going up to 40 doesn't seem like a big stretch to me. Okay, and you're going to say, well, that's not much. It's only $7 a share. I'm telling you that's over 20%. So if you pat, if it goes in a year, it goes up 20% and you get 7.7%, you're getting 27.7% return. I kind of like it for the dividend. Don't expect growth, though, but I like it also right where this price is. I noticed that it took a big hit a couple of days because earnings are going to come out in uh, eight days, I think, six days. Uh, earnings um, reported, I don't know, uh, 
So, yeah, I like it. I like it here. Verizon, VZ, everybody. VZ. My focus point looks at the story behind the question, should large blend funds, mutual funds we're talking about, outweigh value plus growth funds in a portfolio? Well, this is an article by uh, Amy Arnott, and she did a study uh, comparing value funds, growth funds, and blended funds, and which ones outperformed. And to be honest, the various funds are very close to each other. There's, there's not a huge difference, okay? You did have growth outperforming for a number of years in recent years, Okay, outperforming. Okay, but over long periods of time, we're talking 20, 30, 40 years, there's not much difference in the funds. They all they all have different periods of time when they outperform. And if you're really good at switching from one 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 style of investing to the next, growth versus value, blend versus growth and value, a large versus small mid you know if you it, there are points that you can you know invest in different types and you do all, you could do better in an, in a year or two or three or maybe even five than the overall market but long periods of time the study showed that it's not a great deal of difference and today um if you buy a growth portfolio almost everybody has Mike, uh, uh, apple in them and Apple dominates the indexes in a lot of different a lot of different indexes because it's a three trillion dollar stock. Market capitalization is three trillion, larger than most countries in the world, by the way, larger than most GDP of countries in the world. Apple stock alone. And I was just reading yesterday, I think it was. How um, I don't think it was this morning. It could have been this morning, but I don't think so. I think it was yesterday about Apple um, and its potential growth prospects in the world, and that India is going to be a huge, huge earnings a huge engine for Apple going forward. India. So I like Apple. I still like it. I've liked it for a number of years. We've owned it for a number of years, and we're going to keep owning it. And Warren Buffett owns a lot of it. And remember, he one time said he doesn't know anything about tech stocks. He doesn't want to invest in tech stocks. But he did buy Apple and has a big chunk of his portfolio in Apple, which has done very well for him and the Berkshire Hathaway stock. He's a smart guy, everybody. Really smart guy. We're heading to a break, everybody. Justin and I are happy to play your recorded voice bank questions. But, of course, we'd much rather, much, much, much rather have you call us live right now. Our number never changes. You can call right now at this very minute, 888-99-CHART. stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hello, this is uh, Jay from New York. I just had a quick question in regards to when to trim down. So right now in my portfolio, I have 
Uh, only four mutual funds. Uh, this one, the S&P 500, I'm up about 9% from my original purchase. And I'm just wondering, when should I actually be trimming down or should I just be holding for the long term? I, I'm not sure what the case is. I, I'd say for my portfolio, this is about 30% of just my mutual fund portfolio. And I'm just, I would love to see what your opinion is on this. Thanks and have a wonderful weekend. That's a good question. It's a very, very good question, actually. Everybody, you know, probably thinks when, when what they should do and about trimming and when to be fully invested and everything else, but they don't really ask the question. And the answer is this. Try to stay fully invested as much as possible. Now, that doesn't mean you never trim because you do need to trim. You need to balance your portfolio and the S&P 500 is all by itself a pretty good balanced portfolio. But these days, the mega cap tech stocks dominate those portfolios. And if they start to roll over, your portfolio, no matter how much the underlying stocks do, do whatever they do, won't hold up the portfolio. So I, I always tell people that, you know what, if everybody's in the market and everybody's making tons and tons of money and you're really, really happy... Because you've done so well, time to cut back. Cut back a little. Don't get out. Never get out of the market completely. Never, ever. This never worked out for anybody. But it's time to, you know, uh, produce up to 10, 20% cash when everything is going so well and you're really happy. Now, my old boss used to say every time he just was thinking about buying a boat because he did so well in the stock market. Every time he did that, the market would turn over and crash on him. <laughs> so it tends to do that. And it's it's easy to see why. It's psychological. When everybody's in and everybody's happy because they are in, that means all the money is in the market. The market can only go up more with more money coming into it. That was very, very visible in 1999 with the dot-com imploded. Very visible in 2008 when real estate was so, everybody just thought they could just make killing on real estate, buying multiple houses and, you know, just flipping them and only putting 10% down. And, you know, that everybody was happy in both those years, 1999, 2008, the market, the next year, the very next year after that, market crashed. I don't think we're there, by the way. I, I really don't. I think the market could have, we we should have, it would be health restoring to have a pullback uh, in the marketplace. And much of the drive of this year's stock market is the big tech stocks. But it seems like in recent weeks, it's starting to spread out. The drive, the, the upward pressure is spreading out to other stocks. So I don't think it's time to get out. I don't. Or even the trim at this point. Let's go to Eric in Virginia. Hi, Eric. Hi, Steve. It's Eric from Virginia. Hi. I had a question about the NASDAQ Corporation. Uh-huh. And if you could kind of explain to me how they differ from the actual index. Do they regulate the index? And then also, um, the ticker symbol is NDAQ, if it's a good company to invest in. I was looking at it. And I was looking at the chart, and it seems all time it just keeps going up. For the past two years, though, it looks like it's done really nothing. I'm just kind of confused by the actual company itself. 
Okay, that, that's a good question. Well, let's see. What, what does the company actually do? Remember, the indexes only take certain stocks and track. They track certain stocks, the various indexes. Okay, um, so let's, let's see what the, the, the actual uh, NASDAQ does. Okay, um, let's see. Let's go back. Yeah, and if they do, they regulate the index because everything online I see is that there are financial services and they own certain certain exchanges. Okay, but I'm confused between the oh, two. Okay, I, I can see that they are in the financial services specialty, uh, specialty area, and they are a company. And this company provides securities listings, trading, and information product and services through the Nasdaq stock market. So they are a securities company. They they um, own and manage the Nasdaq security index, the the security listings. So if you wanted to be, uh, you were a company and you wanted to be listed on the Nasdaq exchange, you would have to go to this company and apply to them to list your company on the Nasdaq. Same thing with the New York Stock Exchange. They are a separate. Entity that makes money, makes profits, loses money, depending on how many companies and what they, they what they charge in fees. Okay, so the indexes are only pieces of those stocks listed on those indexes because you can have a Russell one thousand that tracks the Nasdaq stocks, but they have nothing to do with the Nasdaq index, just the stocks in the Nasdaq. So the NASDAQ is a company that makes money by charging fees for listing securities on, on the NASDAQ exchange that they manage. Okay? I hope that explains it for you. Thanks for the call. That was a good question. You know, New York Stock Exchange does the same thing. They have rules and regulations to list your company in them. So on the next Invest Talk, the story behind this question Do the new federal guidelines for approving mergers make sense? We'll soon see. We're going to check that out. I'm Steve Peasley, 888-99-CHART. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Ben in Arizona. Hi, Ben. You want to talk about Verizon and AT&T? Yes, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, um, I heard somebody call in um, the other day and Justin suggested or said that he wouldn't buy them at this point. But nope. I currently owe the, own them. I'm wondering if, it's, uh, if I should be selling or hanging on. Um, I, I, if I do hang on, it like, could be like a three- to five-year period. Well, I like them because of the dividend. So if you buy them or own them because of the dividend, I would hold on to them. If you're buying them for growth, they are no good for growth, they're, both of them. They're just, they're, they're just undervalued stocks. Verizon, for instance, uh, 
they're going to make $4.67 this year. It's 10% less than last year. Uh, but they also pay a 7.7% dividend, and their P.E. ratio has run, been running for the last five years, 6 to 14, and the current P.E. ratio is 6. So it's at the very end. The return equity is 25%, and the cash flow is $9 a share. So from a fundamental point of view, they are a very solid company. They just don't have any growth prospects. So if anybody's looking for growth, you stay away from Verizon AT&T. But if you're looking for dividends, they're very good dividend payers. That's not going away. So so I had one more follow-up then. Um, I heard they were under the gun for something or other. I think of the... um, their cables, they were using something on their cables that they were using that, that people didn't like. And so that's why they're stock, both of them, their stocks dropped, um, I think it was last week, quite a bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's and true. Some of their technology is not as up-to-date as they need to be because uh, they're big old legacy companies. In other words, they have to spend millions and millions of dollars to always keep up with the technology uh, uh, of the pipes of information that they're shipping from one end to the other of the Internet. So they're always, always going to be behind. So, yeah, but, they're, but they're the main game uh, in town, Verizon, AT&T, and you've got T-Mobile, and you've got others, but... The Verizon and AT&T are the two major players, and they're not going anywhere. Again, as I said, don't look for growth because they're going to have to spend lots of money just to maintain their positions. But if you're looking for dividends, I think they're good dividend-paying stocks. I think they'll pay for decades to come. I still think they'll be around. But Ben, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. AT&T and Verizon, dividends only. Don't expect growth. Yeah, you might get a capital appreciation, as I said before. You'll get some because they're very low now. That, that it would be unusual for not not to have a bounce in their price because they're so low priced right now. But you know, companies have problems every so often. You really have to look at is these are is the problem going to destroy the company or is it a matter of spending money to fix the problem? Are they crooked? Are they doing something? You know. Cooking the books, see, none of those things apply. But their technology, they have to constantly spend money to stay up with technology. Verizon and ATT, and so does T-Mobile and everybody else. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So Ford has his electric uh, tr- pickup truck, F-150 Lightning. They just slashed prices by 17%. 17%, meaning they're going to lose a ton of money initially. And they're following Tesla's playbook by lowering prices to get market share. That's not just Tesla's playbook. That used to be Ford's, Ford's uh, playbook back when they started in the early 1900s. They made the Model T so cheap that anybody can afford it. And that's kind of what they're trying to do to push these F like F-150 trucks into the marketplace because they're going to triple production. That's the goal, triple production. Make less profits per vehicle, but overall make more profits down the road because you're selling so many. So some of their input costs have gone down, okay, have gone down. But you do realize the electric, the this, this F-150 Lightning, the electric truck, 
costs more to make than the gasoline engine truck. But they're pushing hard. This just shows you how vicious uh, electric vehicles competition is going to become. And this is in the truck sector. This is the bread and butter Ford and GM trucks. So it's going to be nasty. <laughs> you know, the fight for market share for electric vehicles. It's, it, and it's just going to continue to, to happen. You know, everybody's waiting for the solid-state generation of batteries, which would give them uh, the batteries much more power, lot longer drive distance, shorter charging, no danger of catching on fire. You know, various other things that will prove dramatic, uh, improve dramatically the efficiency of electric vehicles in general. So, and that's coming down the road, everybody. They're they're coming. It, they're in production. These these new batteries. They're being tested everywhere, and, and I'm talking about tested in, in real life out there. You probably haven't read too much about it. You, you got to kind of know what companies we're talking about to find out. I mean, but I know Toyota has an in-house battery, they, a solid-state battery they're working on. But everybody's working on it. everybody. Every you know. Every big uh, automaker is either associating themselves with people that are making the solid developing the solid state batteries, or they're developing them themselves. So, okay, for those who may be new to Invest Talk, uh, let me assure you that I always am careful. We want to be careful, Justin. I want to be very, very careful to provide you straight answers. We don't have all the answers. We have lots of information. We have lots of experience. But we're not always going to be right, but we're very, very careful to give you the truth, okay? We don't have any hidden agendas. We don't owe, you know, companies, you know, loyalty about their stock. We don't, none of that. We are independent completely. So, and questions, your questions, drive the direction of our podcast and and radio show. So, one thing I can say for sure, okay, is that, Today's investing situation is very different from what we've had over the past several decades. We've had interest rates that went down to zero. That's never happened before. We have massive amount of spending. Uh, we had this COVID thing that, you know, massive amount of spending coming from the federal government, completely shutting down the economy. Those, those things don't happen. We haven't had, when does that ever happen that they completely shut down the economy? When? Never except for COVID, okay? We have higher inflation now than we've had since, what, the 70s? You know, we haven't seen inflation like this since then, even though inflation has come down pretty pretty, pretty hard. Need to, so therefore, you need to focus on the markets. You need to focus on the trends. You need to focus on what's working, what's not working. And hopefully, if you don't want to do that, we can do it for you. We want to be your money manager to help you or Manage and grow your portfolios. So if you want to talk about that, we'd be happy to take a look at your portfolio for free. If you'd like doing that, figure out how much risk you're taking, just give us a call. Our toll-free line always never changes. 888-99-CHART for the radio and and uh, podcast. You can go to our website. You can send us an email if you want to talk about your portfolio. And that way, we can do that. Be happy to do it for you. 
Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. When do I know the right time to take profits? And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Duncan from New York. Thank you for all that you do. Asking a question about stock ticker HTGC Hercules Capital Inc. This is a financial, uh, in the financial sector. It focuses on, I guess, company debt. Just want to expand my portfolio. I know this has a 10% yield. Obviously, listening to the show, be careful when a dividend offers about 10%. If there's anything else that I don't see, it does have a PE ratio of 10, and it does have an earnings per share of a dollar 40 cents. So from my end, it looks pretty decent, but I don't know much about financials. Also, listening to the Pat's podcast, you said something about now's the time to focus on credit. Isn't credit and debt the same? But looking for your analysis. Have a great day. Bye. No, credit and debt is not the same necessarily. Uh, it depends on what context you're using it in. It can be the same. Anyway, this is Hercules Capital, H-T-G-C, business development company that provides debt and equity capital to privately held technology and life sciences companies. Okay? So they develop companies. They invest in startups or, or companies that are, need cash. And they'll either give them debt or equity, or they'll take equity for cash. You know, then in other words, they'll want to be owners. Okay, uh, it's a $2.3 billion company, so it's a small cap. Uh, Ala Palo Alto, right there in the Silicon Valley area. Made it, then they did make $1.47 in last year. This year, they're going to make $1.94 per share, and $1.89 next year. So they're going to have a big boost this year and then come off that a little bit. Paid a 9.5% dividend. I don't know how secure that is because the cash flow is only $1.76. It's a $16 stock. So 10% means they pay $1.60, and they're only making $1.94, So that's a hefty payout ratio, more than I'm comfortable with. Sales growth in recent quarters have done very well. Most recent quarter, March, sales was up 61%. Quarter before that was 38, quarter before that was 20%. So it looks like the company's doing very well. Management owns 3%, but there's not very many mutual funds. Only 69 mutual funds own this company. And there were 77 a year ago, so there's fewer now than then. They do have a lot of debt. That makes me a bit nervous. But they've had a nice run. Stock was riding $11, and now it's at 16 It was $11 in March. And here it is in July, and now it's at 16. That's a very nice run. But it looks like it's going to hit resistance between here and $18 a share. It's going to have a hard time going higher, okay, uh, because there's a lot of resistance. It was trading at around $17, $18 for almost six months in 2021 and just traded in a range. So that could happen to them easily again. It's got to break above 18 to get above, to have a breakout. And then it, where it goes, we don't know. But uh, it's not my cup of tea 
because I think the payout ratio is too high and therefore the dividend is going to be cut and I don't like that. And it's, it's, it's not that big of a company. I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea at this point. Okay, that's 8TGC, everybody. Okay, the economy is pretty good. Inflation has come off. I mean, we have a 16-month low on inflation, so the inflation's come off its high, painfully high level. It's still high. Don't get me wrong. It's still, what, 4 4.5%. still pretty high, uh, but it's no longer double that, which it was. And there's still a lot of jobs out there, plentiful jobs out there, and consumers are pretty content. All that good news makes me nervous, by the way, in case you were wondering. But we are in a pretty good position, so consumers are high. Oil and gas are down 16%. Okay? Um, they jumped initially 10% at the beginning of the year, but now they're down uh, nicely. So food is up 5.7% year over year. So that's still going up. You still have lots of inflation there. And, you know, I know if you pay attention, they'd like to quote in, a quote in the inflation rate to the public by excluding food and energy. But to me, that makes very little sense because you, the consumer, me, you, that's the main things we spend money on, food and energy. One of the couple of main things we spend our money is food and energy. We can't exclude it from our budgets. So why do they exclude it from the inflation numbers when they quote them? It just, I understand they want to get at the core inflation. I understand that. I get that. The reason why they want to do that is because core inflation, the underlying inflation, is a basis for where inflation jumps off from. And that's been up. Now, recent months, it's been coming off, which is good news. And that's good news for the stock market. Low inflation is good news. But I I don't want you to fear inflation because of stock market. Because stock markets go up when we have inflationary times. They go up when we don't have inflationary times. Because corporations just increase their prices. Don't think that because inflation is a problem that profits are going to go down. Not necessarily. Nope. They just raise the price. Matter of fact, they have more excuse to raise the prices higher than inflation rate because they're saying we're going to have more inflation and so we're trying to get ahead of the problem and what if they don't have more inflation they just raise their prices and they now make more money because they got ahead of the problem and inflation went down recently so profits are going to look pretty good i think for corporate america over the next if inflation stays low over the next six months a year inflation uh, price profits are going to look pretty darn good and we're in the middle of earnings season and well, not the middle, maybe, but you know, so far they've then profits look pretty healthy, pretty healthy. Not a bad situation we're in. We're in a good situation. Only time, only thing we're not in a good situation is that this is the time of the year the market normally doesn't do very well. So far, it's done pretty well. So as we head to break, let me tell you about the video feature we are producing. It's called Invest Talk Sector Spotlight, and it's free. Like all of our stuff is usually free. Uh, it's free right now on YouTube. The first episode talks about technology, the technology sector, and its rapid innovation. 
We discuss artificial intelligence, AI, blockchain, cloud computing, all that stuff. So go to Invest Talk Sector Spotlight, 888 99Chart. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 Anytime Listener Line at 888 99Chart. Hey, Justin and Steve. I am calling about ZF Corporation, ticker symbol ZFC. It's been going down a lot for the last few years, actually, since about COVID. And I'm just wondering if this is a good time of purchasing. It's around 19 and change and pays a uh, pretty solid dividend. Is that uh, dividend sustainable? And uh, is this a good time to buy? I uh, would love to uh, hear your thoughts. Thank you. Okay, this is a, man, a VF corporation. I've been around a long time. VFC is a symbol. It's an apparel clothing manufacturing sector. Manufacturers uh, branded jeanswear, outdoor apparel, sportswear, athletic apparel, and occupational apparel. Um, they're a big, they're a big company, $7.9 billion company, so a pretty big company. Uh, their sales have been shrinking the last three or four quarters. One of the problems is that, you know, the Internet has changed the way people buy things. And they, it's, it's affected every retailer out there. Uh, so they make branded gene wear, and they sell those in stores, and the store traffic is way down. They also sell it online, and that's where they're going to make their money going forward. But they're going to make it $2.11 uh, this year. Next year, $2.09. And not until 2024, they're going to start growing their sales again, and they're going to make $2.42 estimated then. So they're pretty far away. Now, the stock has already been beaten up. I mean, it was an $80 stock a couple of years ago, and today it's $20.46. So you're trying to pick up a company that's fairly inexpensive. The dividend is 5.9%. So that's about what, $1.70 they pay in a dividend and they make they're gonna make $209 this year. So that's a pretty hefty payout ratio. I don't like anything above 60%. So it's easy to figure out the payout ratio. You look at the price of the stock. And then you figure out what percentage are they paying? Did they pay in dividends last year? This whole last year, and multiply that percentage times the price of stock, and you come up with a number. And then you look at the estimated earnings for next year and see how much that is in relationship to the price of, and the amount of the earns and the price of stock to see if that yield of five point nine percent, which they pay, is sustainable. Can they keep paying that when they don't make that much money? So they are they do make enough money. They do. And the cash flow is two dollars seventy eight cents. Return on equity is very healthy at twenty-five percent. It's a very well run company, in my personal opinion. Uh um they are replacing the CEO, so that puts pressure down. But I think this is probably a pretty good price to buy this company. That doesn't mean it can't go down. And summertime is usually a tough time. Usually these kind of companies do better going into the fall. But, you know, if you want to own this kind of company, this is the time to buy it. I, I, it's not for me. I don't really like apparel companies. I never have for some reason. Just my personal bias. 
Okay? So as we head to break, let me tell you about, the, well, I already told you about the video, so I don't want to tell you about that again. Uh, let me talk about where the rich keep their money. You'll be surprised. We're talking about stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, real estate, uh, art. Where do they keep their money? I'm talking about wealthy, wealthy, wealthy people. What is the highest, Where's the? where do they keep the bulk of their money? Not maybe even the bulk, but the highest percentage of their money. And it's not in stock market. It's not in office buildings. It's cash and cash equivalents. What's a cash equivalent? U.S. Treasuries. They put a lot of money in U.S. Treasuries because the safety of them. Up uh, around 25% is kept there. Okay, and this is a study that was done not that long ago. So they keep a lot of money in cash. Uh, well, one of the reasons they, and you know, do you know how that, you know, people always complain that the rich don't pay enough in taxes. One of the reasons is they don't pay themselves a payroll. They're not on the payroll. They generally are not on the payroll. They're very wealthy, don't pay themselves. They pay themselves by selling stocks. They may have to pay capital gains, which is only 20% as a top rate. So that's how they get away with paying less in taxes. They don't have any income. Not like us, where we work for a living. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investile program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our show, free podcast. Download, everybody. And we have now gone over 54 million downloads, and we appreciate your help in doing that, because without you, we wouldn't make it. Just wouldn't done happen. Remember to follow us on social media, and be sure to like and tag us, if you would, to help us increase our numbers. This helps everyone, everybody. Helps everyone in the Invest Talk community. Independent thinking and shared success. This is Invest Talk. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial.